Jeremy Reisman, Pride of Detroit Lions blogger, insider. He is standing by on the Roast Umber guest line here on the Huge Show across Michigan. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what the Lions value would be if the Commanders are worth $6 billion and you're the Lions and you have Ford Field and all the entities and the same TV money. I would think it's at least worth that $6 billion if they were selling. I know the Ford family will never sell, but... Gosh, uh, you know, like I said, the high top shelf franchises. What's their value if the Commanders are getting six billion? Man, yeah, it's an interesting question. I, you know, Forbes does like annual team worth value types of things, and uh, you know, obviously, it's just kind of an estimate. And usually, the Lions are in that thirty to thirty-two range. Like they're one of the least valued franchise according to Forbes. But again, like that's just estimates and based on things like probably merchandise sales and, and things like that. So I, I would guess that they're, you know, theoretically they're, they're worth less than, than the commanders, but you, you never know. I mean, all you need is, I guess, one kind of big investor in, in the local area that's interested in buying your team, and maybe it's more than, than the commanders. But that is, I mean, it's just kind of a striking number to see it out there, like $6 billion for a franchise. Um, you know, it's not, not necessarily a surprising number. Like you said, a team has recently sold for just under that four. I guess four point five million isn't really just under that, but um, yeah, it, it, it's interesting to see those those values just kind of laid out plain to see. And that's not a winning franchise. If you're somebody right. with some Lombardi trophies, or you're selling out every game, your value even skyrockets more. And I think the Lions are heading into what I believe will be maybe since the Barry era, and even that had drama with Ross and the. Coaching changes and ownership and William Clay Ford in the front office. Uh, I think this franchise is stabilized like I've never seen them before. Uh, they've had, outside of really the backup QB situation, a near-perfect offseason. Uh, we know what they have in the draft in the first round at 6-18 and 18 with the two second-rounders. They got that fifth-rounder from the Akuta deal that we'll talk about in a moment. Uh, but, Jeremy, uh, outside of major injuries... You know, losing golf to a, like a season-ending injury or something. Uh, this team is walking in. I'm not going to call it the golden era yet until uh, they win some trophies. But in terms of just having everything in place, I've yeah. never seen this with the Lions ever. Yeah, I mean, it's not just the fact that this team, that this roster looks very good from top to bottom. Um, it's not just the fact that they're you know scheduled to, to win or favored to win the division for the first time and you know, 30 some years or whatever it is. Um, but it's just, you can see the plan, right? You can see that this isn't just a team built to win now. This is a team that has an extremely young roster that has a bunch of, you know, potential marquee players on both sides of the ball due to good drafting. And they don't really, you know, they haven't tied themselves to horrible contracts or anything like that. It just, it seems like this team is creating a very long runway for itself. Um, and, and as soon as we kind of get the picture of what their plan is long-term, for quarterback, then you can kind of see it all laid out, and it, it seems like this team is, is heading in a, a very good direction. The one thing we got to do, though, is see the actual results on the field. Luckily, the, the, the franchise left a pretty good taste in their fans' mouth with an 8-2 finish last year, but, um, you know, we, we can't put the cart before the horse here. They have, to, they have to make the playoffs. They have to win a playoff game. They have to challenge at least for a Super Bowl in the next couple of years here. Um, otherwise, you know, all this – I mean, like you said, like all it takes is one injured season to kind of knock all of that off course for one season. But it seems like 
if you just look schematically at what they're doing in, in terms of the, the way that they're, they're building, not, not only their roster, but really their coaching staff. You're kind of seeing them already churn it over a little bit and, and be prepared and, and, and filling it with guys that are well-respected. Um, so, you know, even if it doesn't work out this year, like a lot of people think they are, it, it seems like they're in a good position. But again, people aren't going to believe, especially in this town where we have felt optimism more than once uh, in the past 50 years. Um, they're, they're going to want to have to see the result before they buy in completely. Jeremy Rise from Pride of Detroit Lions NFL Insider joining us on the roast Umber guest line. Uh, before we get to pick six and 18 and where you're at right now, uh, with your mock 583,000.0, uh, all of us have those. You know, I, I, I'm not saying you. I'm talking about just how many mock drafts I've read. Uh, the Akuta trade, uh, some complain, not enough. Hey, you know what? Uh, the Falcons gave a fifth rounder. Lions have to eat some of the salary. Reality is Akuta never measured up to being the overall number three pick, and he didn't fit into the Lions' plans. End of story. Yeah, I think I think you kind of nailed it. And, and really, they're – as, as much as, you know, you're always going to have a, at least a market for someone who is a third overall pick and, and entering their fourth season. Um, but it, it's, it's just not going to be that much. Um, uh, I, I think when you're looking at a guy who, who's suffered some two pretty serious injuries that, that necess, necessitated offseason surgery, um, a guy that went fully healthy last year, and, and granted it was his first fully healthy season in a, a very long time, um, had flashes, but we saw what happened at the end of the season. He got benched. So um, I, I think it's it's a low-risk trade for the Falcons, and, and it could pay off in, in the meantime. But in Detroit, it just did not really make sense to keep him around. He was taking up $10 million in cap space. He's a guy that's maybe wide or cornerback five on, on the team. Like Even if you were to believe that having a guy like him on the roster would be good in case of injury, which I, I agree on, on the surface, Paying a guy $10 million for that just doesn't make a ton of sense. And I know in terms of dead cap, you're still going to be paying, you know, six, seven million for him um, because of the five million dead cap. And because, as you, as you said, you're, you're eating a little bit of salary for the Falcons. Um, he was just never going to get that opportunity to prove that he was worth it here. Um, and so you save three million instead of five million and, and you, you give him, you do right by him too. And I think that matters in this. Um, you send him to a team he apparently wanted to play for when he was coming out of college. You're giving him a fresh start where he's going to have the opportunity to turn his career around. And in the meantime, you just kind of turn the page on a player that wasn't going to be here, wasn't going to be part of your team's plans really in the short term or the long term. So um, I understand wanting to get more out of that, but there's just not that much value out of a guy that hasn't shown anything really um, in, in terms of being a starting capable guy in this in, in this league in three years. So um it, it, it's an unfortunate end to um, what, what was once a, a very promising player, but you have to turn the, the page at some point, and I think the Lions are smart to do to get really anything out of it instead of just kind of stashing him on the roster for a year and, and then getting nothing from him next year. Yeah, he's just not part of the plan, and, and they move on, and it's business, and here we are now looking at 6-18, and 18 and you're back and forth, Jeremy, and all your conversations uh, with people you work with, people... Uh, who follow Pride of Detroit. Uh, where are you at on the most likely threesome of players that the Lions may be able to choose from at six, and who would be at the top of Jeremy Reisman's list if they're there at six? Man, it's it's tough. The Lions are doing, I think, a really good job this year of keeping their intentions unknown. They, they played the quarterback game a little bit with um, some of the things they said in the media. They obviously brought C.J. Stroud in this week 
for one of their top 30 visits. So they're, they're, they're at least thinking about it. I ultimately, I think they, they've shown too much faith in, in Jared Goff to, to really make a big move like that. But I actually kind of like that they're at least examining it. And, you know, if there's a, a franchise quarterback out there in this year's draft, they want to make sure, um, there is, and if, if so, maybe maybe they take a big swing, but I don't think that's what they're going right now, so I, I think, man, I think the Tyree Wilson stuff is, is very interesting, uh, that Kostek edge defender, he, he's everything physically you want in in, in a pass rusher, um, you just kind of have to put it all together, and, and maybe the Lions believe that their coaching staff is, is capable of doing that, um, and, and I mean, you, you heard Brad Holmes say himself a couple weeks ago, um, when, when you have a talented guy on the board that you're facing, it doesn't matter if you have a stacked room already. You just keep adding to that stacked room and making no leap. Um, and I think that's something that the Lions will be open to. I know they just went as defender. I know they just cut salaries for, for guys like Carl Ferris and Romeo Farr just to keep them around. I don't think that would stop them from, from adding a long-term piece like Tyree Wilson. So I think he's up there in my three. Devin Witherspoon, I just I can't shake myself with that. He seems like such a perfect fit for what the current lines like to do. He's got tremendous ball skills. He's a very physical guy. I think him and Gray Blythe, the new quarterback, could get along just perfectly. I think they were both undersized guys that, that really will thrive uh, at what they do because of kind of that nasty demeanor, and I think that's just going to endear the lines to him. Um, and then... Personally speaking, man, I, I just I know the Jalen Carter stuff is a hot button issue. I know everything points to and you know his demeanor maybe not being the, the type of guy that that fits with Dan Campbell, but man, he's uh he's the kind of guy that I just think that, that would fit so perfectly for what the Lions need that pass rush. Yeah, I got to put uh, Jeremy on hold. Sorry for the five minutes of static noise. Please call Jeremy back, okay? Yeah, you're gonna need to call him back, Brett. We gotta have Taft or someone look at the phone system. That's happening like every day. Man, we're getting that static noise. Try another line, will you, Brett? Thank you for the guest. I appreciate it. And we'll get Jeremy Reisman, Pride of Detroit, uh, back on with us. Our Bush Light huge question of the day uh, that you can answer. Who's your ideal pick if they're there at number six? Question I'm asking. Uh, Jeremy, and again, apologize. We can't. That uh, was just the phone system going crazy. Yeah, let's see, use the other lines uh, just until we can get that checked out. Uh, Bushlight, huge question of the day. Who's your choice if they're there at 618-866-838-4843? Yeah, Jeremy, sorry about that. We had some static interference or something. It wasn't on your end. It was on our system. Uh, I want to go back uh, to your thoughts on uh, 6 and 18 for the Lions, but we'll start with six. If this player is there, it's a must-take by Holmes and Campbell. Who is that? Ooh, uh, there's so many, I think, interesting options there. I, I think I think you have to start the conversation at Jalen Carter. Um, you know, I, I understand that everything that we've heard out of this guy in the past month or so doesn't scream Dan Campbell guy, and I, I totally get that, and and, and maybe maybe he is completely off the board. I, I don't really have a good sense one way or the other. But in terms of need, in terms of what this guy can provide, I don't. And, and I, people are maybe going back to the tape. And, and now that we know everything about some of the off field stuff and and the pro day, I think people are going back to the film and saying, "Oh, he looks lazy here. He doesn't." I, I don't see that necessarily. Um, and so I think he 
would provide pass rush right up the middle, which is what this team has been lacking for, for really since the Endomic and Sioux era. Um, and, and that can be just such a game changer. So it would be very hard if I was personally on the clock as the Lions GM to, to pass on someone like him. But I also look at a guy like Devin Witherspoon, the, the Illinois cornerback, and I feel like he is, like, there's no questions about his personality. He's exactly what the Lions like. You look at the, the Lions' new cornerbacks, Coach Dre Bly, he was that undersized corner who was a very physical, very, you know, press man type of guy. That's who Devin Witherspoon is, and, and that's going to endear him to the Lions coaching staff, the Lions front office. I think that physical nature of his is, is going to be great. And the Lions, I know they just invested a ton at the cornerback position, but I think there's still a long-term need because a lot of these guys aren't signed beyond this um, this, per- this first year um, uh, in, in, in the post-Jeff Okuda era. So I think those are two guys that, that I'm circling. I know Tyree Wilson is a, is a big name too, and I think he has a lot of physical traits that I think you'd really, really like, but there's, there's certainly a lot of questions about whether he can develop into um, – the, the potential that he has as a, as a physical player. Um, and, and I think the Lions wouldn't shy away from, from adding an edge uh, defender because, again, that's a long-term positional need for them. And uh, and it would be nice to, to pair Aiden Hutchinson with a long-term guy on the other side and have those two kind of wreaking havoc for the next five, ten years in Detroit. I think at 18, and I know this phrase is only used uh, when talking about the NFL draft, best available uh, that when we look at 18, unless there is a move where they could move up and throw in one of the second-round picks, and like they did last year in getting Jamison Williams, but you know it's almost a pool of players that you look at uh, Gonzalez, where one mock draft did have the Lions trading up to 13 uh, to get Gonzalez. You got Devin Witherspoon, the corner out of Illinois. Uh, Robinson, the running back, has been mentioned, which if they don't see a future for Swift... Uh, that's interesting. So I'm trying to think from that group, even Hendon Hooker, a quarterback. I, I know he's high on the CBSSports.com draft list at 19, even with a knee injury. Uh, who is the best available in that group at if they stay at 18 that you're like, or they need to trade up to get this guy? Who would be on that short list? Man, it's again. I feel like there's just so many different angles you, you could take with this. You could get a quarterback of the future, maybe if, if one's there, and, and if they like Hendon Hooker, it seems like they've met with him at least a couple times throughout the draft process. Um, I, I could understand that. Um, I, I think part of it is, is this internal debate that you have to have. Of a lot of people see this this year as a as a golden opportunity, right? An opportunity to compete not only for the division but maybe something bigger this year. So, do you get a guy at 18? that is going to contribute to this year and, and help you make that playoff push, that division push, that Super Bowl push? Or do you plan a little bit further out for the future and get a guy like Hendon Hooker? For me, I think the draft is always about planning for the long term. And so I know Lions fans might want someone who's going to push and, and, and help this team win right now. I don't necessarily think Brad Holmes thinks that way. That being said, if they don't go the long-term route and grab a quarterback or grab a, a position that might not be in need this year, like let's say – they go offensive line. They don't necessarily need an offensive lineman this year, but I really like the value of someone like Darnell Wright, the offensive tackle out of Tennessee, who can also kick in and play guard. He's a guy that's really, uh, I would say, climbing up draft boards and, and, and could be a good value there at 18. But if you want more of a high-impact now guy, I like Kalijah Kansi, and, and it's not just because I think he's an Aaron Donald clone. I think, again, it's all about that interior pass rush that the Lions have been missing for, for quite some time. And I think... I think he's just a phenomenal player, honestly. Um, the undersized stuff is what it is. Maybe he isn't a, a, a great run defender right away, but 
just because you're small doesn't mean you're a bad run defender. Yeah, you can be pushed around a little bit, but he's a guy that is so his first step is so twitchy that people will just flat out miss on that guy. And 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 that's that's disruption in the past in the run game, I should say. Um, otherwise, yeah, I think cornerback is probably good value here if your Devon Witherspoon, Christian Gonzalez's are gone. Uh, I think Joey Porter is a really talented, talented player. Deontay Banks is another guy I would definitely take at, at 18. And then Lions will probably hate it, but I think tight end is also an option here. Um, it, it's not top 10, so maybe it's a little bit more um, digestible for Lions fans. But, I, you know, I, I think there's a, a possible chance that none – no tight ends are picking before 18. So whether you like Darnell Washington, a, a strong blocking tight end that also has got kind of surprisingly good hands, Michael Mayer or Dalton Kincaid, any of those guys I think would make a lot of sense for the Lions at 18. Jalen Carter, the four mock drafts at CBSSports.com that I looked at earlier today, Jeremy and Jeremy Reisman, Pride of Detroit, Lions Insider, follow him on Twitter online. Three of the four mock drafts had the Lions taking Jalen Carter at number six. And the question yeah. will be, on the character checkpoint list with Campbell and Holmes, if he meets it and he's there at six, and I'll let Holmes and Campbell uh, decide that, that would be a heck of a steal at pick six if you get Jalen Carter on that line with Hutchinson and it fills that role you were just talking about with the need for that interior pass rush. Yeah, it, to me it's the ideal pick. And, and yes, you have to clear all the, the character stuff, and I'm not capable of doing that. I don't know Jalen Carter as a person. I don't know what happened on that table night. I don't know what the deal is with his pro day was, but I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely with you. If he passes the character check, which is important, like we don't, I, I can't just push that and say, and say, I don't care about the character. He's a good player. That's obviously, that obviously means a lot to the line. They, and, and it's not just his character off the field. I think it's that football character. And that's why I think that the pro day stuff is the thing that he really is going to have to explain the team's asking about is what went wrong on that pro day. Why were you out of shape? Why were you nine pounds heavier? Why were you gassed at the end of that thing? And if he has a good answer for that and, you know, his, his inner circle can, can vouch for him as a guy who puts in the work day in, day out, he's the ideal pick at six. I don't think there's any question about that um, because he's such a good both run defender and pass rush. It's just an absolute mauler that, I mean, the straightest way to a quarterback is right up the middle right there. And if he can be part of that, defensive line that, that is almost as stacked as, as George's was in his whole college career, then, yeah, I think the Lions will have a home run on their hands at six overall. I agree. Again, that's Campbell and Holmes and the trust that yeah, – I know I do a statewide sports show, Jeremy. I'm, I'm in the media. Uh, but I, I can't tell you the respect I have for Holmes and that entire front office and Sheila Hamp and what they're doing and Campbell and the way he's maturing as a head coach and how he matured from year one to year two and even inside year two after another horrible start in that eight and two finish. What they're saying, how they're doing it, the culture they're building, uh, the transparency uh, that they're providing to the media, to the fans, uh, to the season ticket holders. It's really exciting, man. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, folks, you can follow Jeremy as one of the better Twitter accounts. Uh, what's the Twitter handle again? At Detroit on Lion, all one word. At Detroit on Lion. Yeah, because everyone says, how come you don't re- memorize everybody's Twitter handles? Really? <laughs> okay. How many people are on Twitter? 600 billion? <laughs> no, no. I don't take it personally. I probably don't know. How no, I like people to say it because I'll, I'll give the wrong like hyphen dash or so. Next thing you know, they're going to like some dog show in Tijuana. Whoa, wait a minute. Can't watch that. All right. We love you, Jeremy. 
<laughs> I appreciate you having me.